following is a Journey into Comics Network production. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Podfather Nate here. You are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week Highlights Show. This has got highlights from all shows across the network this week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Piss off, guys! Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Comics. It's episode 192. As always, I'm your host, Nate, and today joining me is a very special guest. He's been making the rounds on the Journey into Comics network. You've heard him on Brews with Babes. He's appeared on the Voice of Survival podcast, Foodies Watching Movies, and now gracing us with his presence on Journey into Comics. Welcome to the show, Keith Evans. How's hey, it going? Hey, what's up, man? Good Not to much. be back. I'm glad to talk to you it's again. It's like fun. Yeah. Dude, it's like two weeks in a row we're getting to sit Definitely. down and do this. This is Definitely. cool. You got your rocking your Batman uh, sweatband today. I love oh, it. Yeah. Batman. Yeah. Is he your favorite? Uh, No. Okay, Spider-Man so... was always my favorite. That's out amazing. The, out of the big three, it was like Spider-Man, Batman, Superman. Okay, okay. And most people argue <clears throat> between Superman and Batman, and I would say Spider-Man, for sure. I was always like a Marvel person. Oh, me too. Uh, I'm a huge Marvel fan. Batman's the only one, and I only enjoy uh, either Tim Burton's or Christopher Nolan's Batman. Yeah, you're yeah, like, Joel Schumacher are... never happened. No, no, no. What no, are those no. movies? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I like Adam West. He's fine. Different league. Yeah. Like, he didn't do Bat Nipples. You know, like, <laughs> George Clooney. I'm sorry, George Clooney will never escape that, though. He forever brought on bat nipples. Jo- Wait, what are the bat nipples? In uh, in this? in Batman and Robin, which was the fourth movie, which mm-hmm. would have been after forever, uh, right. his suit had nipples. Like, it actually had oh, really? bat nipples. Yeah. Interesting. And then it still had the crest for Batman. It was the weirdest thing. Like, why does the suit... There's no functionality to bat nipples. I just recently saw uh, Batman Forever for the first time in a long time, and it is horrible. Oh, yeah, it does not hold it's up. It's like, literally the only saving grace is that Jim Carrey is doing the Riddler. Like, yes. Like, at the time. But then still, he's suffering from, like... They made the him too. Just terrible. Yep. Uh, Val Kilmer is the worst. <laughs> As bad. It's simply it's it's the worst. He's like, like barely good. Bruce Wayne. Or, yeah, but Bruce he Wayne is too, not yeah. Batman at all. He doesn't sell me on. Well, it. I mean, I feel like the Batman thing is like the Batman thing can always be disguised because you're gonna get most of any emotional acting from. Him being in Bruce Wayne. You're right. You absolutely. Know. That's where you're so, going to see the character. Uh, yeah, Val Kilmer is just really bad. <laughs> He's terrible, man. That movie. And I love Val Kilmer. <clears throat> Val Kilmer pops up in something. It's like hilarious, but he's really bad. At he it. looks bad now, though. Have you seen him like recent years? No. Rough shape, uh-uh. dude. Like he doesn't look like the same person. There's a couple people that I know that go to cons every year, and he just started doing signings. You know? Yeah. Which, uh, uh, what does that is say? Is that like a sign? Yeah. The signing is a sign. Yeah, the signing is definitely a sign <laughs> that he's like declining. That rhymed. I didn't mean for that to rhyme. That was crazy. I mean, he was doing some good stuff like while he was older. I feel like, like, I mean, he was in MacGruber. Yeah, and that was good. Yeah, MacGruber was good. It's way better than his role in Batman. That's for sure. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy to think about that cast though. Jim Carrey, Nicole Kidman, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, still Drew didn't. Barrymore's Drew Barrymore's in there. They still didn't put it together. 
Huh? They still didn't put it together. Like they still didn't nail it. They had an opportunity oh, no. with like yeah. they had a good cast. They could have done a yeah. good thing. Yeah. I would have preferred, and I want you know, it's so nineties though too. Like yeah, it's didn't, and didn't it, wait? What year did that come out? Uh, 96, 90s, yeah, yeah, it's, 96. it's like uh, like it epitomizes the nineties. Like Definitely. the the the, <laughs> the movie starts out with so it made me remember like my childhood because. Uh, it it starts out with like Batman's going like on a chase, uh, Two Face had done something or whatever, and um, there's a scene where Alfred is like, uh, he's like, do you want me to, uh, do you want to take this lunch or something like that? He was like, no, I'll get drive through. Like, and then I remembered, I was like, oh, that was from when Taco Bell was like promoting, <laughs> like yeah, absolutely, yeah. I was like die laughing, like it's so stupid. It's very, <laughs> like, uh, so stupid, man. and like the angles, like the 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 camera angles are all like diagonal. Everything's diagonal in this movie, and it looks like like a like a like a Nicktoons. Like it, it just looks like a Nickelodeon show. I feel like I need like, to actually watch this movie and analyze it. Not like because as a kid, really I liked bad. the movie, obviously, mm-hmm. and, but as I've grown up, I don't think I've actually seen it in a full sit through. I think it's because I'm terrified that it's going to be Chris O'Donnell is in that movie. His debuts as yeah. Robin yeah. again, awful. It yeah. just Blatantly work. a grown ass man. Yeah, just like full not, grown. Like, not, like you can't get adopted. You're like 25. Get like, a fucking job, yeah, bro. Like, like just not, go get a job. Uh, but it's just I don't know. It's the first two are good, Batman wise. Yeah. And, did you ever? Did you know? My my thought was I really wanted to see Billy D. Williams as Two Face. Like that could have happened. Oh yeah. He was Harvey. Know. Yeah. You know? I don't know why they didn't do that. I don't know. Probably. Tommy he, Lee Jones. I mean, Tommy Lee Jones was a huge actor at that time. True. Uh, he had all his fugitive movies and You have some Marshall, right? Wasn't he in that US too? Yes, Marshalls, yeah. Or yeah, he had a lot of stuff. Man, he was doing all kinds of shit, yeah. Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. So if you okay, so you only have a preference for certain Batman movies, then right. I you're a big Spider Man fan, I've gotta ask mm-hmm. who's the best Spidey? I mean, what what are you preferential to? The Tobey Maguire era? The uh, Andrew Garfield era? Tom Holland's new era that's, you know, rapidly becoming... I feel like it's weirdly not enough. There's not enough data. Oh, you, <laughs> like, conclude. need more before you can have yeah, more evidence like, before you can decide? Like, I mean, I thought, uh... What's his name? Andrew... Garfield? Art Andrew Garfield, uh... I thought his was really good. I mean, I liked the Tobey Maguire one, like the first two movies. And the third um, one was awful. But it, Tobey Maguire, obviously at that time, they weren't like putting together, like looking at longevity as far as like doing a, um, like the universe, like they're doing Correct. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like they weren't doing that then. So it's like. When they did it, I mean, Tobey Maguire was young enough for like the first two movies, but it's like you know, it's Tobey Maguire. He's grown ass man. Yeah, again. So he was yeah, like in like his thirties when they cast him, right? Yeah, I think That's so. Crazy. Like, and I think he was. They were still playing the whole high school thing, right? Like, like seventeen, eighteen. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Um, and yeah, like so they just didn't really, you know, that didn't. It's, it's why they reset it. Like, I mean, you know, it, with resetting it now, I think that was a good start. I think the new Tom Holland dude, that's his name, right? Yeah, dead on. Um, he, uh, he's good. Uh, we just got to see, because we had one Andrew Garfield one. Two. Uh, were there two? Amazing Spider-Man 2 had uh, Jamie Foxx's Electro. And, uh, they I did have the not Gwen- seen that one. What? I have not seen that one. 
We're gonna plan a day where you're gonna I've come over and we're gonna sit and watch one. it. It's so good. Okay. Yeah, I have not seen Especially that. if you're a fan of like comic book Spider Man, they yeah. do Death of Gwen Stacy like flawlessly, and it's just a beautifully done movie. I, highly underrated. Yeah. Its opening weekend did ninety five million dollars, and Sony considered it a failure. Well, it probably cost over one hundred and thirty. Yeah. So. so, but they yeah. still made their money back. I mean, it's Spider Man. You know, but they they're expecting to make. You know, they're expecting to do Black Panther, and they did not. Yeah. They did not. <laughs> they, they did and not. speaking, that's a great segue, actually. Yeah. Because that's why we're here today. Oh yeah. True, you finally true, saw true. it. I did finally see it. Black Panther I'm, thoughts. I was. Uh, I chose to be as black as possible about it. I okay. Was like, I'm gonna sure. be very late. To see this movie, no, um, no, nah, I just, I just didn't get around. Like it, it was a lot going on at that Dude, time. Dude, and it was, was winter. Getting, Fuck yeah, that. I was getting a lot of stuff together. Like I, I, that's when I was uh around the time I was film uh, uh filming this uh album. Yeah, absolutely. So I was just busy. Yeah. Like, and I couldn't make it to like go see Black Panther. Uh, I really wanted to see it. Doesn't matter because you saw, saw it. it. I, yeah, I watched it with uh, my fiance and my uh, daughter. And uh, my daughter fell asleep. No surprise. It's a yeah. little bit slow for kids. I mean, it, yeah. it can definitely be a little she bit slow. She was into it, though, like, you know, in certain parts or whatever. Um, I thought it was really good. I thought it was worth all. Yeah, please break it down. I want to get all your opinions on this. Like, <laughs> I thought, I, I think, I thought it was worth all the hype, but in a sense, it wasn't. Okay. And this is why, because. I feel like, so the whole thing about it, the whole like stigma or whatever, I'm probably using the word wrong, but um, the whole thing around it was, you know, it being a black cast Mm -hmm. um, and it's a major budget, you know, film. um, Summer blockbuster. Yeah, major accomplishments like in a lot of areas and yet it was big and great, but then it also just felt like a normal Marvel movie that was good. From the suburbs of Chicago and Illinois, this is The Poor Report with your host, Andrew Poor. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Poor Rapport. I am Andrew Poor, and I want to thank you for joining me here today. Now, this week's going to be a little bit different because there'll be two episodes of The Poor Rapport dropping. So this episode could be 38, it could be 39. I'm not really sure what order it's going to fall in. So one of the episodes will be my normal routine, which is an episode covering the late breaking news. And the other one will be probably my final uh, profile uh, that kind of kicked off with Barbara Bush at the uh, at the time of her unfortunate passing, and it's going to end with my profile on the inventor Nikolai Tesla. So those are what I'm going to be talking about on this week's two episodes. We're going to actually get uh, a double dose of the poor rapport. So hopefully you're ready for that. And then moving forward with episode 40, which will drop. Next week, I'm definitely not going to leave you hanging. Giving you two episodes at once doesn't mean I'm not going to give you one next week. So uh, next week on 40, we're going to be talking about just the normal news, just getting back to the normal swing of things and getting things set up for 50, which is doesn't seem that far off. It, no, it'll probably fall at the end of the summer, but 
definitely looking forward to that. And I have some things in the work and maybe there'll be some guests on the show that will be aiding to our talk and maybe there'll be some fun stuff going on there. So definitely stay tuned for that. But I wanted to jump right into the news for today. And one of those involves the tragedy that happened on Friday at a Texas high school. I have two articles today that I want to talk to you about that. Um, it was in a uh, Santa Fe high school uh, in, in Santa Fe, Texas. Um, so uh, here's an article from the Washington Post. Uh, this time it happened during first period. The day after a student went on a shooting rampage at a Texas high school, a Houston area community grappled with a horrific reality that has unfolded in so many other places across the nation. On Friday morning, a 17-year-old student armed with a shotgun and a pistol stormed Santa Fe High School about 30 miles southeast of Houston and opened fire in an art class. The gunman killed 10 people and wounded at least 10 others, including a school resource officer who was left in critical condition. Police said before surrendering to the officers who confronted him. Of those killed, eight were students and two were teachers. Santa Fe Independent School District Superintendent uh, Leah Wall said in a letter to parents, Our community has suffered a terrible tragedy. We are feeling, we are all feeling the overwhelming grief of this horrific event. Late Saturday afternoon, officials identified those killed as teachers Glenda Perkins and Cynthia Tisdale and students Jared Black, Shana Fisher, Christian Riley Garcia, Aaron Kyle McLeod, Angelique Ramirez, Sabika Sheik, Christopher Jake Stone, and Kimberly Vaughn. Santa Fe High School became the latest scene of carnage in what has become a national epidemic of mass shootings. For the second time in the past three months, the victims were children and their teachers. The tragedy prompted an outpouring of grief and outrage. A candlelit vigil, statements of sympathy and anger from elected officials, heart-rending posts from relatives of the deceased, as well as for some, a quiet resignation that is previously unthinkable had morphed into an inevitability. It's been happening everywhere, one Santa Fe student, Paige Curry, said with a shrug after the shooting. I've always felt of I've always kind of felt like eventually it was going to happen here too. And that sorry, I'm gonna kinda jump out of the article there. That sentence, the fact that she said it so matter of factly, like there was yeah, it happened there. It's probably going to happen here, too. Like, that shouldn't be something that should be ever be in a kid's head. No kid should be going to school thinking, today's the day I could be shot and killed by some deranged person with a gun or with a weapon or someone who's out there to do harm and be, get infamous. It's just ridiculous. Like, no kid, like, people shouldn't be afraid to send their sins to school to f in fear that this is an eventuality. Like, we need this to stop and all the ways to do it. Um, back in the article, as, famous, as Santa Fe, it happened with less than two weeks to go before the end of the school year. Isabel Lehmann's 15 was in art class drawing geometric shapes when she heard gunshots Friday morning. She froze for a moment, then she ran to a back door leading to a patio, but it was locked. She and seven other students barricaded themselves in a supply closet that had connected two art classrooms. She lay on the floor and called the police, then called her mother, whispering, I love you, while holding her friend's hand. They shushed each other, hoping to avoid detection. The trench-coat-clad trench gunman, police identified the suspect as a student, came, I'm not going to say his name, it's what they want, it's not worth it to say it on this show, came into the first classroom and began shooting. He knew students were hiding in the supply closet, Isabel said. He said surprised, then he started shooting, and he killed one or two people. 
They shot a girl in the leg. In the closet, he shot through the window. She said, we blocked the door with ceramic makers. And he kept on trying to get in, and he kept on shooting inside the closet. She called police three times over the course of 30 terrifying minutes. A police dispatcher told her to be quiet and assured her that help was on the way. The gunman kept shooting, cursing, and yelling. He shot a police officer who approached, then engaged other officers in discussion, offering to surrender. He kept saying, if I come out, don't shoot me. They didn't shoot him. They just put him in handcuffs, she said. Uh, students described the shooter as a quiet loner. is being held without bond at the Galveston County Jail, charged with capital murder and aggravated on assault on a peace officer. It was unclear what motivated the attack, as story says it came without any obvious warning, which seems to be how it's what all happens it's always someone who's quiet reserved and then all it takes is one bad day for them to snap and decide to take other people's lives welcome back ladies and gentlemen kind of feels like i just talked to you but that's the nature of this episode here today which i'm doing two episodes in one day i know i'm a crazy person and this episode will be 38 or 39 so you either know there's an episode coming or you've already listened to my new show so yeah so let's kind of just jump right in this is the last in my profile series you know i've covered barbara bush i've covered michelle mcnamara and the golden state killer i've cut co- and i've covered kevin smith my last one in this very unusual set of people will be nikolai tesla which is a very famous inventor and it was actually a recommendation by someone on the network so that's what i'm gonna talk about today And before I get into who Tesla was, for a lot of you who don't really know history, you don't really pay attention to that kind of thing, maybe the only time you actually know who Tesla was, was through the movie The Prestige. So there's a quick article about uh, Tesla in The Prestige and the actor who portrayed him, which was David Bowie. There's a lot to love about The Prestige. Uh, Stage magicians, the Batman team of Bale and Kane, but perhaps the best thing about the movie, in my mind, was David Bowie, assuming the role of Nikola Tesla. It seemed that kind of perfect Hollywood casting, not only for Bowie's wonderful performance, but for the similarities between the two men. The moment we meet Tesla in the movie, he's walking through a field of electricity, unfazed, untouched. It's a thrilling introduction, one that reflects both Tesla and Bowie. Director Christopher Nolan apparently had always wanted Bowie for the role, knowing that he needed someone who wasn't a Hollywood star, but someone who would stand out in the part. I think he sensed that the character of Tesla demanded someone different, someone with the same theatrical presence. Bowie initially refused until Nolan flew out to meet with him and told him he was the only choice. Bowie accepted. The two men, Bowie and Tesla, were of course separated by decades as well as by backgrounds. Tesla was a a Serbian inventor and engineer. Bowie was an English musician, but they have more in common than is at first obvious. Both men were innovators in their respective fields, taking them in new directions. Tesla started his career in the United States working for Thomas Edison, but while Edison backed direct current, Tesla developed the superior alternating current. Bowie started out writing songs in a kind of folk rock style, but starting with The Man Who Stole the, Sold the World, he began using a heavier rock style and exploiting his own androgyny to help create an identify, identity. Later experiments in creating personas wrote in the massive popular Ziggy Stardust character, the ultimate rock star from Mars, biographer David Buckley said, it challenged the core belief of the rock music of its day. Tesla was a polyglot, speaking eight languages. Bowie played at least eight different musical instruments, including the saxophone. Both men also demonstrated skills outside of their chosen fields. 
One of Tesla's friends said of him, seldom did one meet a scientist or engineer who was also a poet, a philosopher, an appreciator of fine music, a linguist, and a connoisseur of food and drink. But he was also something of a Renaissance man himself. In addition to being a singer, songwriter, and musician, he's been an actor, a mime, a fashion icon, a painter, a writer, even flirted briefly with video game creation and design in Omicron, the Nomad Soul. Both men were, slash are, I guess at the date of this article, this is an old article from 2012, so both men were natural performers. Tesla would hold public conferences with his Tesla coil, blasting electricity, something that often scared his audience. His demonstrations of his inventions had been compared to the world of stage magicians, something that no doubt mandated his inclusion in the prestige. Bowie, as mentioned, studied mime with Lindsay Kemp, and that helped introduce him to a more theatrical presence and the ability to create personas to present to the world. Instead of the process, offstage, I'm a robot. On stage, I achieve emotion. It's probably why I prefer dressing up as Ziggy to being David. As such talented people often do, they were friends with other creative contemporaries as well. Tesla, for example, was friends with Mark Twain and others like Robert Underwood Johnson. Bowie famously was friends with Iggy Pop and Lou Reed, and also other musicians such as John Lennon and Mick Jagger, as well as having friends in the film and fashion worlds. Both men held questionable beliefs at times. Tesla was a proponent of eugenics while Bowie in his thin white Duke phase flirted with an appreciation for fascism, something he later blamed on his addictions and getting lost in that character. Of course, there were stark differences between the two as well. For example, Tesla believed celibacy helped his work while Bowie notoriously bedded men and women before his marriage to Amon. Tesla died a poor man despite his many patents, whereas Bowie is also an accomplished businessman who has turned his musical success into massive financial success as well. What's undeniable is that both are remarkable individuals, and in my opinion, they come together perfectly in the prestige. I consider them both geniuses with a touch of mad scientist, and David Bowie will leave behind a musical legacy as rich and affecting as Tesla's technological one. So what do we know about Tesla? Um, the eccentric in, uh, inventor and in modern Prometheus died 75 years ago, not quite to the day. Um, match the following figures. Albert Einstein, Thomas Edison... Guglielmo Marconi, Alfred Nobel, and Nikola Tesla, with these biographical facts, spoke eight languages, produced the first motor that ran on AC current, developed the underlying technology for wireless communications over long distances, held approximately 300 patents, claimed to have developed a super weapon that would end all war. The match for each, of course, is Tesla. Surprised, most people have heard his name, but few know much about his place in modern science technology. The 75th anniversary of Tesla's death on January 7th provided a timely opportunity to review the life of a man who came from nowhere yet became world famous. Claimed to be devoted solely to discovery, but relish. Claimed to be devoted solely to discovery, but relished the role of a showman. Attracted the attention of many women, but never married. Generated ideas that transformed daily life and created multiple fortunes, but died nearly penniless. Andrew Poor. I'm Liz Sturbaugh. And that is Max yawning near the microphone, because we're podcasting from the floor of my living room, and we're bringing you a new show. Yep. And Liz is sitting here over here drinking a nice shock top. Because I'm an adult. Because God damn it. <laughs> because we're an adults. We're, we're an adults. We are adults. And 
This is an adulting podcast. The podcast is called Adulting Ain't Easy, because it's not. It really isn't. This is rough. Yeah. Just talk about the roughness so that you guys don't feel so alone. Right, dear? Right. <laughs> We're is, not so good at this. Is, this is fun. And we've been, I've been drinking vodka since I got home because I'm trying to finish off the vodka in my fridge because we are moving soon. Yes, that's one of the things that, you know, us adults have to do is move and buy houses and buy lots of expensive things. And plan a wedding. And then pay for that wedding. And then pay for the honeymoon. And all the things in between. Yeah, we actually have been looking at honeymoon stuff today. Yeah, that's really depressing. Don't do it. Don't just don't. Just don't. Don't even think about it when you're like looking for vacations because everything you look at right away is gonna give you that shell shell shock, that sticker shock. Not worth it. Save yourself. Save yourself. Just don't. Just don't do it. Just road trip it because honestly, you'll never ever see the actual price of anything because if you stay in places one night, it doesn't matter. Exactly. So. Kind of get a little bit of background about us. Uh, you know a little bit about me because I've been... I have my other show on the network, The Poor Poor, which Liz routinely makes fun of me because of a very weird radio voice when I'm recording by myself. Yeah, he kind of sounds like an NPR guy, like, Hello, my name is Andrew Poor, and I'd love to invite you to my podcast in my living room so I can talk about the news. So sometimes I wonder if he should have been a news anchor and just stopped the engineering stuff and just did the news. Right, but sometimes you have to have a hobby. And my hobby, I guess, is talking about the news. Whoop-dee-doo. That's another thing you need as an adult. You need to know what the heck is going on. Right, and that's a whole other topic because... Liz, as a teacher, has to deal with all the fallout of all the crazy stuff going on in the world. Yep. And? If you're a teacher in college, don't do it. Just kidding. You should do it. Because it's good. But also, once you get to be a teacher, you just figure out how much it's terrible. But how much you're needed. It's a very, it's a vicious cycle, my friends. Vicious, vicious cycle. Yeah, but at least you have, what, six more days? No, five. Thank God. And then I can complain about teaching all the way up until back to school. And then I can just complain even more about different things. Because with teaching, it's just a never-ending complaining cycle. Right. I mean, you were just complaining tonight about... Oh, parents. Yeah. Yes. Lots and lots of complaining about parents. Right. In this day and age. So as the kids, you love them, but the parents you just can't stand, right? Yeah. But you gotta deal with them one way or another. Right. And just take notes for when you become a parent. You're like, I will not be this person. Yeah, definitely. Mental notes are being taken every single day. Yes. And let's see, what else fun do we have going on? We're, we're going to be taking our engagement photos tomorrow because that's very fun and adult. Yeah. Then you got to buy clothes because that's another thing you have to do as an adult. You have to buy your own clothes. I mean, up until I was a, I don't know, a what, freshman or sophomore in college, my mother would just take me shopping. Now, not anymore. I have to use my own money to buy clothes. I even open credit cards to companies because I like my clothes. Oh, that Kohl's charge. That Kohl's charge. Can't live with it. Can't live without it. And this is going to shamelessly plug Royal and Reese right now, too. Oh, love it. If you haven't heard of it, it's a um, it's an online clothing store that's sourced out of Bloomington Normal, Illinois. 
and they do like these flash sales of different clothing every night and I'm obsessed and it's more the clo the thing is the clothes are super cute which is good but then also you get that thrill of the hunt like oh my gosh I need to do this right now so I can get the thing that I want and then when you actually get it and submit your order it's like victory it's like the best kind of victory because you're like I got what I wanted and I don't have to worry about it anymore and I'm gonna have a cute outfit in the mail in three to five business days can't beat that That's next to Amazon Prime that is a nice thing about adulting you don't have to go into any stores you can just be like I want it I'm getting this delivered to my door I don't have to deal with any person that's another thing also with adulting is you have to socialize which is like the worst thing for me I mean I guess I haven't really been on the, the network much but it, with my personality, I, as much, and you wouldn't guess this as me being a teacher, but I despise socializing, believe it or not. If I don't know you very well, it takes a lot for me to start talking and having conversations because in my mind, I'm screaming, oh my gosh, I can't do this and have all, any and all anxiety thoughts in my brain are there. And I know that's, I'm not alone in that, so... Definitely. Yeah, especially as an adult, because you got to socialize with everybody, yeah. it seems like. Right. And sometimes that's the benefit of having some liquid courage, because alcohol definitely does loosen up the social skills and get some of the anxiety to go away. At least in, when you get that nice sweet spot, when you're over, when you have a little too much, then it's worse. Yes. Another thing, adulting topics, drinking, because guess what? We're not in college anymore. That means we have to be responsible. Wah, wah, wah. <laughs> yeah, you have to, because you have to be responsible for seeing your friends home, okay, if you're the sober one. If you're the DD of the night, you have to make sure everyone gets in the Uber, in the car, and they're like, you good to drive? All right, text when you get home. Don't throw up. You have to pick your passed out friend off your couch to get them to go home. Or if you are that passed out friend, you get crap forever. No matter if it happened yesterday or it happened five years ago, you will still get crap. About that night that you threw up in a garbage can in a gay nightclub. Not talking from experience or anything. No, or, uh, no. Not not taking a Chicago cab ride for about an hour from for, the city to the suburbs. For $115 later and I made it home. Hey, but you can make some nice friends with the cab driver. I guess so. I guess I fell asleep through the whole thing, so <laughs> I have no idea. But yeah, there's that. And then you have the mom of the group, which I sometimes feel like I am, where... If I am not the mother, I, f I fear that the lives of my friends are threatened because they are, they get very drunk and I worry. Yes. And kind of speaking of being the mother group, sometimes as an adult, there's kind of that fine line. Like when we first started dating, we were called grandma and grandpa by some people that we hung out with. Rory. Sorry. Yes. yes. Grandma and grandpa. See my motherly instincts coming out now. So we have, we have pets. So we're obviously fur parents. And the animals were just interacting. And sometimes when that happens, it could get a little bit hairy in terms of how they act towards each other. They can be really nice to each other sometimes, and they can be really not nice to each other. Right. And that's one that'll be nice about when we have a house in the not-too-distant future, is that they'll have more space to go. We'll have one could be at one end of the house, one could be on the other, one could be in the attic. I don't know. Yeah. Their cats are weird. Yeah. But I guess, uh, Liz, when did you first realize that you were an adult? You said, like, when your parents stopped buying your clothes. 
Well, the, I guess the the first time I really, really thought I was an adult was when my mother had to remind me, um, you need to pay your taxes. I was like, what? She's like, yeah, you have to pay your taxes. And I was like, but you just tack yours on to whatever you and dad take to the accountant. She's like, nope, not this year. And so we had to go buy TurboTax, and now I'm an expert at TurboTax. I can do it. I did it for my brother. It's great. Yeah. But that was, I think that plus being able to buy alcohol without getting my license checked. That's because I, I guess you don't see my face, but I kind of look younger. I can look anywhere from my actual age, which is 25, or I can look like a little 18-year-old, depending on how much makeup I'm wearing or what I'm wearing. Because right. I have that youthful glow. We're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in the... Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Podcastrophy. I'm your host, Dick. I'm here with Tyler. Hey. Uh, co-host here. Yeah, co-host, that guy. He's awesome. Uh, so I'm going to just go ahead and lead off with, uh, we had a poll last week uh, for Arnie's or Pizza King. Uh, Arnie's demolished Pizza King. I wouldn't say they demolished him. They didn't. They only beat him by like 20%. Had had quite a few votes, though, and I'm, I was pretty proud about that. Uh yeah, we're I'm I'm gonna start doing these wacky polls every week. I was kind of towards the bottom of the barrel on ideas. I didn't want to jump into anything too controversial right out of the gate, so that's why I went with the pizza one last week. And uh, the the poll that we have going right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna instead of the polls being a week long, I'm gonna start setting them for four days, so we can have more polls more often instead of waiting a week to see the results that were decided on Wednesday, you know, <laughs> after I posted it on Monday, you know. Um, so the poll this week is, out of the two of us, either Dr. Dongo or myself, who would you choose to be your lifelong best friend forever? And I got the early votes right out of the gate, and Dick is kicking my ass. Yep. So... Apparently, people like me or something. Apparently. <laughs> Surprising. It, you guys are honestly uh, failing the human race if if you're picking me over him. Yeah. I'm just a pretty bad human being in general. I'm, I'm just me. I'm nothing special. <laughs> but, uh, you're special to me. So, yeah. Um, you texted me the other day, and you're like, I voted for you. And I said, yeah, I voted for me, too. <laughs> I was like, you're already my best friend. I need to. I need to vote for you. Right. <laughs> I, I can only be be so much of a friend to myself. Right. Uh, we are our own worst enemies. So last week we posted a picture, or I posted a picture of uh, 450 North's uh, Wonky Nuggets. And we were, I, I said that we were going to try it on the show. And we didn't at all. No. Nope. In fact, you went, you went for the ripe nuggets first. And then I really wanted to try the fresh fruit. They were both very good. And, uh... So just didn't end up drinking the wonky nuggets. We didn't get to it. Uh, I last night at the Doom Room show, I went and saw uh, "Torn the Fuck Apart," which was an awesome death metal band uh, from Kansas. Can't remember where in Kansas, but they are from Kansas. 
All uh, of Kansas sucks, so it doesn't really matter where they're <laughs> from. And then uh, we'd be played a set without uh, Mr. Nick Maxson from Brews with Dudes. Uh, unfortunately, he had some uh, family emergency come up like just before the show, and he had to head out. So that sucks, but show went on and uh we'd be played a pretty kick-ass set uh, all of their it, it was completely new shit uh save for like one or two songs that i've heard before that's cool but it was all instrumental and it was, it was really cool to like you know be able to just listen and focus on the instrumental without uh vocals there because so now i now i know the songs a little better uh but their their, their sound itself was just out of this world cool last night i was really glad but while I was there, uh, there was a few. They had a few uh, backstock beers there at the North End Pub. Uh, Casey, their the owner, he goes down to 450 North every once in a while, or he has somebody mule for him and brings back some beer. And uh, he brought in some of his own, his own uh, catalog, his own library of beer. Uh, so he had uh, he had some Slurpees there, uh, some Crystal Vision, and. Uh, he was supposed to bring pot of gold, but he actually wasn't there last night because uh, I was going to drink some pot of gold with him. And I would kill for some pot of gold. Yeah, that's good fucking beer, it's, man. That's some good beer, and I'm saving mine, <laughs> the two I have left. Uh, but so some uh, good old Tex Pedigo, uh, guitarist for Weedby, he had some wonky nuggets there, and I was like, ah, I really want to try it, but I'm I I said I'd try it on my show and. I eventually gave in and tried it, and I wasn't really a fan. Which is rare for uh, for a Nuggets. Yeah. You know, I didn't like the ripe Nuggets, and uh, you didn't care for the wonky Nuggets. So that's two weeks in a mm-hmm. row we've both tried new Nugget beers, and one of us didn't like one of them. Good old, this Friday, uh, if you're listening tomorrow, uh, they're releasing Flapjack Nuggets. <laughs> that's <laughs> an is, interesting one. Which is going to be a breakfast stout. Uh, with maple syrup and sugar and all kinds of shit, and uh, then they're also they're re-releasing fruity and juicy nuggets, but they're doing times two. Times two, so they're like doubling up on everything. Well, and, originally they're both single hopped yeah. IPAs, so now they're they're doubling your flavor profile by they're double dry hopping. They're double IPAs. They're double dry hopped and. It's just twice of ev- it's yep. two times everything, and uh, which is pretty cool, especially yeah. especially if you've got a beer that people like, you know. Uh, it's good to throw something, kind of throw a loop at it every now and again. Mm-hmm. Like, you like this, well, what about now? You know, it might <laughs> right. it it could be a lot better. It could be it could be not as good. You know, we'll see. That, that's I mean, how that's how they kind of build. I don't know if anybody. I don't know who's all going down there this week. So we might get to try it. We might not. I'm gonna take a couple weeks off of yeah. buying 450 beer. I'm gonna try to. I might buy like a four pack, right? Depending on what. Uh, but for the most part, I'm just gonna try to sneak on some Brews with Dudes episodes if they have any. And I want to get back on I there. Can. I I do too. It's been a couple weeks. It's been it's been, a, it's, been a, it's been since uh, Drunk Castrophe. Yeah. Since it's I been a while for me as well because Nick just went on like a recording spree right. and recorded like five episodes within two or three weeks. And uh, I mean, some of them are quick episodes. Some of them are uh, long ones, longy boys. Longy boys. <laughs> but uh, you just handed me this uh, Boulevard Brewing Company Tropical uh, Pale Ale, Ale with Grapefruit and Passion Fruit. 
fresh exotic fruit. Uh, I saw I saw that in the store the other day, and it's one that I don't know. I haven't heard of anybody, or I don't know anybody that's tried it. Uh, tried any of the Boulevard stuff? At least told me that they've tried it, and um, it's a brewery out of Missouri. I actually like it. Ah, uh, I'm give, good. Give it another drink. I didn't like it the first taste either. You, you gotta go back at it. All right. Yeah, still don't like that. Really? It's kind of a. It's like Rolling Rock with fruit. Yes. <laughs> it's it's a uh, it's definitely like a full. It's got a full mouth feel. Mm-hmm. But it, the, I like it. There's not enough flavor. There's a there's a lot of mouth feel, but not enough flavor for me. Um, you uh, traded me some your Kush nuggets for my wonky nuggets that I just don't want anymore, and uh, so I'm just gonna drink that tonight. I'm gonna. I'll leave one of these for Miranda for Miranda to try it. But okay. See, I actually. Get, I don't. I don't think she'll like that. I actually get the fruit flavor. Yeah. I don't. Hmm. I don't. It's weird that you're not getting it because normally I'm the one that picks oh. out stuff that I don't get from the beer. You know. Trust me, I tasted some fruit flavor. I just didn't like it, mm. and there wasn't a lot of it. I like it. But yeah. So we had a we had a pretty interesting pre pre show. We uh, we got a little delayed here because uh, we had to wait for the room to be clear. Uh, good old roommate Captain Keyboard was uh, playing Overwatch. Had to wait on him and then and yelling and yelling. So uh, when he decided to leave to go get food, he uh, he got pissed because he found out we were waiting on him, which like, we had already established. Yeah, we had already like established fifteen minutes prior to that. Yeah, and it's like, and he just kept. After this one, after this one, I'm gonna like he was telling good old I, I I could hear good old Matt Wilcox over the over the headphones, but after this one, I'm gonna go get food, and then he starts another one, and he starts another one. It's like, dude, come the fuck on, dude. It's like I do this every week, five thirty, right? And it's not hard, like it's not hard to just. It shouldn't be that big of a deal to be like, okay, two hours every week for just one day, right? And then, so he gets up, finds out we're waiting on him, and then... Makes a scene. Makes a scene, like, flips his shit, I guess, in a sense, and leaves. And then he says, I'll be back at 8 o'clock, because I'm raiding. It's like, cool. <laughs> You're listening to the Voice of Survival Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, your host, Nate Phillips. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Voice of Survival podcast. As the introduction said, I am your host, Nate, and for the second time on this show, I don't have a guest. However, unlike uh, episode 8, I believe, which was Incepticast 2, uh, today you're going to just be getting an extra long dose of Nate. Uh, I feel like doing a podcast called The Voice of Survival, bringing on guests... So far hasn't really, I mean, in little ways, the message has been there. People surviving and getting through shit that they've had to deal with to find their way on top or into a better place mentally or emotionally or whatever. So I was thinking about it and it was like, what do I want to do? And I at first thought, oh, you know, it'd be kind of cool as if I like um, discussed in detail uh, 
some of the recent stuff that's been going on in my life. And like, I was thinking about that. And it was like to even explain the significance of that. I would need to tell you guys a little further in detail, like my journey, my history, what I've been through. Uh, so I feel like this is going to be the place I'm going to do that. Now, I will say at some point I had intended on having someone like do an interview on me on this show. I thought it'd be kind of a fun meta kind of thing, maybe close the season out this year with someone else interviewing me and actually getting, you know, some, you know, interesting Q&A, kind of how I do the show. Uh, but I figured some stuff definitely wouldn't get brought up. I would choose not to omit some things in a situation like that. And here I'm not really going to censor myself. I'm going to go in detail. I'm going to tell some stories. I'm going to tell you guys some stuff I've been through, some shit that's happened in my life. And in no way am I saying like, oh man, my fucking shit and shitty life is more shittier than your shitty fucking... I don't want to compare. It's not a comparison, man. Because everybody goes through their shit differently. Everybody handles their baggage of life differently. And I hope that's one thing you can take away from today is like, no matter how dark your path is, there's always an option for light. There's always an opportunity to see beyond and, uh, you know, do something special with your life, regardless of uh, what other people think. So yeah, I think I was thinking about it. And it's like, man, where do you where do you start when you're telling a story about the things you've been through? And it's like, I could I can, it's cool, because I can recall like memories when I was a little kid and stuff, just a little insignificant things, fucking seeing giant spiders and shit. Well, what seemed like giant spiders when you're a kid, but they probably weren't that big. It's probably why I have a fear of spiders, just you know, putting it out there. But uh, I feel like the best starting spot is the first major trauma in my life I ever witnessed. And I'm not going to try to sit here and like psyche eval myself why this, you know, thing, you know, had such a big impact on me, but it still definitely affects me and how I am to this day. So um, I'll take you guys back to actually March 29th, of 1995, Michael Jordan was playing his first game back in the NBA. Uh, he was uh, on the Bulls again, number 45. He had taken a little time off uh, after his father had been murdered. And uh, I remember it was cool. It was like, oh, we're going to watch the big game tonight. Like, Jordan's coming back. He's wearing the 45. It's different. It's not the 23. You know, this whole other side of MJ or whatever. And what's that going to mean? And uh, I never got to see the game, and this is why. So you, when you're an 8-year-old dude, you know, you spend time with your siblings, you play, you do a lot of stuff like that. And uh, I remember my parents had said, hey, you guys can go over to the Tyler kid's house. The Tylers are a family. Like, the kid's name wasn't Tyler. His, the boy, Ryan, the girl Malia, uh, Scott and Lisa lived across the street from us. And Sam, my sister, and I were over there playing. And, man, it's just like hearing it. It's really also, can I just say that I'm recording this in my father's house. So like, I'm down for to do some work and help him and visit and whatnot. So I'm down here today, and it's just like I'm in the room I grew up in. The situation happened, like, literally right behind where I'm recording. So it's just, like, very surreal. So uh, we're over at the Tyler's residence and playing tag and having fun and blah de blah de blah de blah de blah de blah, you know. And my parents called for my sister to go home and take a shower, right? They wanted her to get herself together before bedtime. I get it. 
I understand how that works. Tubby time is important for any little kid. So my sister goes and does her thing in the tub, whatever that is. You know, parents obviously taking care of her and whatnot. And making sure she's not being an idiot in the water and making a big-ass fucking mess. So I'm across the street playing with these two kids that I'm friends with. And it's starting to get darker out. It's starting to get a little bit foggy. And I kind of just had this, like, weird... I don't know. There was a weird... I can't, I can't even... Sitting here, I can't even, like, express to you guys what I actually felt. Because I just felt a weird sense of, like, darkness. So I started walking home. And it's like, right as I walked home, the worst thing a human... Well, one of the worst things a human could probably witness, especially at that fragile state of eight years of age, was uh, my sister getting struck by a car. A lot of people that know me know the story, but, you know, for our listeners, I want to kind of detail this as best I can and, and kind of the... The things that went on, because it was it was a totally fucked up situation. She got hit right out front of my parents' house, which is, like I said, in my dad's house right now, same place, right behind me. And I found her on the ground, and she was dead, essentially. Um, non-responsive, uh, not moving. It was bad. It was really, really fucking bad, you know. Um, my parents heard me screaming because I was just yelling that, no, you killed her, you motherfuckers. Like, I was I was eight, you know, I was using foul language, god damn it. Uh, god, you know, I was just like, I broke. And they heard me, uh, and they rushed out, and my mom freaked out and picked my sister up, which, rule number one of any trauma victim, leave them where they're at because you can end up doing more harm than good, but I digress. She wanted to get her out of the road, so she moved her to the grass in front of our house, and uh, everything after that's kind of a blur because it was kind of like they protected me from seeing everything, but I was still seeing a lot of things. I watched my sister get like loaded onto the ambulance and, and taken away, and then it was like my family's getting the information like across the board from everyone. Hey, Sam has been in an accident. It's not looking good. We're going to the Carl Hospital in Champaign. This is what's happening. I very, 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 very distinctly remember that in no amount of time, my Aunt Jane, Uncle Jay, uh, and my Grandma Phillips were, boom, at the house. Like, no time. It felt like it was nothing. And, and of course, in, in that whole thing, everything still is ultra surreal. You're walking around, and it's just like you feel... I mean, I, I've never been to war. I don't want to... I don't want to speculate, I guess, on what that's like, but if I were to equate it, it's like you're walking around a room with landmines and everything sets off a different emotion because you're thinking of what's going to happen to your sibling, what's coming next, what's the unknown, the fear of the unknown. So my aunt and uncle get there and my grandma, and they load me into their car and I'm crying, I'm very upset, I just witnessed this very terrible thing. And my parents also fly and take off to Champagne. They actually airlift my sister in a helicopter. It takes them longer in the helicopter to get to Champagne than it did my parents, my aunt and uncle, and my grandma and myself, because they were all flying. We were right behind them uh, on the on the travels to Champagne, uh, and and just getting there. And it was like the hospital is. It's a lot of like seafoam green color. I kind of secretly hate that color when I think about it like that, but it's like. Uh, and then it was just like she's critical. Um, both of her legs were shattered. Being hit by a car at the age of five, she's lucky she didn't get ran under. You know, she flipped over the car just by whatever fucking grace of luck. 
It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. Good evening and welcome to another episode of Brews with Dudes. I'm your host, Nick Maxson, looking at four delicious-looking bombers full of delicious beer, I'm sure. I don't know, though, because we haven't tasted them yet. That's all going to change in the next minute. Uh, okay, so we're not drinking all four in the next minute. <laughs> we're gonna we're like fucking chug-off right now. Chug, <laughs> chug, chug. Okay. We each get one no. bottle. Yeah. Okay. So, we're getting fucked up! Yeah. In the name of heritage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm sitting here with Austin, Brett, and Dr. Dongo. Hey, hey, what's going on? Hello, hello. Um, we are preparing to go see Solo, a Star Wars movie, or Star Wars story. Star Wars story. Yeah. Whatever. Another yeah. attempt at the prequels. We're going to see what we can do. <laughs> a George Lucas-less prequel. Yes. Hopefully we'll have some more Vader. That would be cool. But I've heard nothing about it. I don't think we heard anything about it before. Right? We didn't. No. We honestly there? didn't. So I, There could be good things, but... Before we get into deep Star Wars speculation, um, let's dive deep into one of these beers. This is a special episode. Super special. This is the weekend uh, or the week after we went to Dark Lord Day at Three Floyds. So we are going to not only drink uh, this year's Dark Lord, but we're going to drink all three variants that we picked up. (laughs) So we're going to be very, very lit. Um, I've talked about that infamous episode where Dr. Donga is going to hate every single beer. This could be it. This could this be, it. be it. The excitement is real over here. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> so I um, actually neglected to tell Creed what I was doing. I just came home, showered, and left because I knew he'd be like, oh, I want to go. And I'm like, well, we're drinking shit you don't like. And then he'd just sit over here and complain. That's true. That's true. We haven't had Creed sit on the couch and complain in a while. Instead, you got me on a mic complaining. Yes. Ooh, yeah. That's a lot more fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. If I'm I, not going to complain. I don't know if I'd say that. You got a All wily right. dick over here. Um, so we've got we've got Austin over there. I, he's he's wielding his weapon that we're going to use to crack open this cold one. So I think you should oh, get I'm to ready. it. I'm we're so two minutes ready. in, and we haven't it's, actually it's, no beer in my mouth. Yeah. Just get to it. Natty Ice, don't fail me now. It's a Natty Ice bottle <laughs> opener. Yes. Natty Ice, don't fail me wow. now. I've never seen Natty Ice in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a, a thing. free Natty Ice bottle opener I got from a... Uh, you know, they might not have bottles, but they got to cover their ground. Yeah. All right. Because I make... Whenever I go to a liquor store, and if I haven't been there in a while, or if it's one I haven't been to before, I'll, I'll question the uh, person behind the counter and be like, hey, you wouldn't happen to have any like free giveaway stuff, promo stuff that you've, you've gotten from your distributors because distributors tend to drop loot into yeah. liquor stores and they'll just be giving it all away just go easy on me and i'll be all right that, that's perfect for me wow <laughs> wow so i got a full cup so i'm gonna get lit up first all right so <laughs> may, maybe knock some off of that cup <laughs> i'm perfectly fine with my taste yeah <laughs> that looks it looks much better all right, let's get into these. Yeah, let's not waste any time. This is the 2018 uh, Dark, Lord. Dark Lord. And if you're unfamiliar with what the Dark Lord is, it is a Russian... Wow. <laughs> Brett's, uh, Everyone, Brett's feeling it. It is a Russian-style imperial stout. I took a smell in it. it you're you're, you're drunk already. Yeah, it, oh, you are fucked man. up. Go home. All right, here we go, boys. <laughs> 
Cheers. Yee. Oh, that is smooth and delicious. Pretty sweet, but it's... That is really oh, sweet. man. That was it, surprising. It is an ass whooper, though. That end. Near I'm the getting end. that a bourbon-y... It's really creamy, though. Yes. That super is. creamy. It's... I almost... It's I like, like this. Yeah, I like it, this. It's, it's what's for dessert. Mm. Looks like oh, you... F- oh, no. I've been sampling these light, crispy, like, you know, some kind of fruity, some kind of... You know, just mellow, hoppy ales and IPAs and whatever. And what's for dessert? A tribute to the Dark Lord. A tribute to the Dark Lord. Well, Nick, it looks I like you failed so again. <laughs> I, I like this. This isn't bad. I was expecting more beat me down in the face. Yeah. But it's pretty sweet. I think that's going to be the tequila. I got to I gotta say, I've, yeah. <laughs> I've, 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 I don't know about... My other companions here drinking with me, but I've had Dark Lord before. I want to say I had the 2013 I had variant. The, I had the 2017. I had a 2015 in 2017, so it had some <laughs> aging on it. Uh, the guy, there was a guy at 450 North the day Tyler and I went with you guys. I think uh, I'm having deja vu. Yeah, we talked about this. Yeah, I wasn't going to do that. I did it for you. Because <laughs> it's been a while since I've been on here. Oh, you know? It has been a while. It's been a while since it's I've been on here with you. It's been a while since We I've had a streak, and, you know, things happened. I don't think anybody's going to break our streak. I feel like it's been a while since we've done an episode. We piled them up real yeah, good. Yeah, you, yeah, we you piled them up real good, and you gave them all to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like... I was like, I'm not really sure what's here. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, pal. There should be this and that, and the rest are just... Yeah, we, the, the last couple we gave them, we were actually talking about... You know, we should really start doing the whole pictures and doing a little snippet about what the fuck this episode is. So we come back and ask. We get it for Uh, one week and then blew it. Andrew Poor of the Poor Report, he's uh, and now adulting ain't easy. Uh, He started binge uh, listening to Bruise with Dudes. Oh, and he he made me think of a new idea. He he said, I can't imagine how much it cost, like, for all the beers you guys have drank. Lots. And then I was like, I wonder. What it would be like if we not got every single beer, but like eight, like our favorite beer from each episode, and then had a special episode where we went back and drank one of those beers. Oh time. man! Thir- this is uh, whatever's this weekend is thirty-one, so thirty beers in one episode. <laughs> it's gonna be a yeah. Long I'm, I, day. I of course wow. I was cracking jokes like, <laughs> that, holy that shit! Be... You just binge, you just binged uh, like fifteen episodes of Brews with Dudes because he's at that point he said he was halfway through. Yeah. And I'm like, you are an alcoholic and you have a problem. <laughs> just just listening to us right. drink. And uh but he he also mentioned I, I was like what he's like, have you guys written them down? I'm like, why weren't you? Right, you, you, you you could easily be a statistician. This. Come on. I think on on the Facebook page I've got the first seven or eight episodes listed with all the guests and all the beers. And then I just, you know faltered. Well we started drink. like doing like <laughs> drink. Two, three episodes a week. Oh, hey, we just, this beer just came out. Oh, hey, we just picked up right. this. Oh, hey, we're just making another grab at this. Then we had a fucking, a very, a streak of a couple of weeks where maybe oh, it wasn't a, maybe it wasn't every week, but every other week were just 450 beers because we would go and get their special oh, yeah. releases and we would have, doing one tomorrow. we had at least three, three episodes. That were 450 North full, Brews with Dudes. Yeah. Now that that's podcastrophy now because we just drink four fifty every week. This beer is dangerous. How creamy and easy it's it so goes good. Down. 
It's, it's so rich, almost. Yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm really liking it. I did try the chemtrail variation while we were um, at Dark Lord Day. Because they had that one on tap, and it was like fucking $10 for a four-ounce pour. Ugh. Yeah, so, and of course, I didn't know that before I bought two of them. <laughs> I was like, can I get one of those? She's like, just one? And I'm like, no. She brought over two, walked over to you. I was like, here you go, Nick, have one. <laughs> but it was it was mighty tasty. I'm not sure if you remember that part of the night. Vaguely. Yeah. Vaguely. <laughs> I did get pretty, pretty <laughs> There's There's one moment in the car. He goes, I remember Austin was going to go mosh to Dying Fetus. And then I remember now. <laughs> and then I remember now. There's at least a good hour, <laughs> hour and a half, two hours that I was just blacked out. Just gone. It was kind of funny <laughs> watching the floor. you walk back to the car, honestly. No. You were you were kind of like tripping over your feet. Like your body, your top half of your body would walk a little faster than your feet. Right? No, no, like we, we kept you. But it was great because we had, it was Brett and I on either side of you. And you just kind of yeah, lightly would nudge one way and then the other. And we were we just kind of had this light. Just so you got you guys were the bumpers. Yeah, you we guys were the bumpers. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If we were bumper bowling, we were his bumpers and he was that rolling ball. We needed that. You you were the small child <laughs> it, just rolling the ball okay. and it slowly going to the pens. That, that's, I would say I would that's say, what bros are for. Oh yeah, I would say we. How many beers do you think we tried? Probably thirty to oh, yeah. forty different awesome beers. There were because there was near ten thousand people and you were just walking around. You were allowed to bring every, beer in. Yeah. So people were just every beer every person. Their own beers. 